Hello and welcome to The Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this week's episode, I'm joined for the second part of the interview by vet Tommy Heffernan, who most of you know as Tommy the Vet. On the first episode, Tommy highlighted the do's and don'ts and top tips related to calving the suckler cow. On this episode, Tommy outlines the key tips for caring for the newborn calf. I first asked Tommy to describe what is the best advice when the calf is just born. Yeah, so the calf is just born. I suppose just we're, we're we're kind of out from calving, maybe still. You know that that the key things we can we can think about is the preparation. Again, even from a from a calf perspective, you know, coming up to calving time, uh, colostrum is brewing that odor of the cow. Uh, you know, just uh, focus on the diet from a colostrum quality point of view. It's very very important if you have a poor silage, maybe that bit of supplementation that can help with colostrum quality. I would say uh, for for the newborn calf, which is very very important so when the calf comes out on the ground the, the two things i always go back to is two principles i look at I, I want to do everything i can to boost immunity in that calf and i want to do everything i can to reduce infection pressure they're the two key things so the immunity piece is obviously the big one is that calf is born what we call immunonaive so it it needs to get its immunity from its mother through its first milk or colostrum. So that's the absolute key point. So if we've good colostrum quality and we've a, a milky cow that has colostrum, brilliant. We want that calf to get up quickly, not have had that hard calving that we just maybe described in the last podcast. Get up and suckle um, on a clean as possible odor because um, the immunity piece in colostrum is important, but we don't want the calf's first feed to be uh, dome or feces in with that colostrum. So having your calving pin as clean as possible and those odors of those cows pre-calving clean will give that calf a chance to make sure it's drinking the cleanest colostrum possible. That's the that's the key thing. So if you have a hard calving or a sluggish calf, you know having the ability to safely, if, if you can, milk out that cow and that calf at classroom. Classroom is absolutely key in, in the immunity story. The next thing then we look at is uh, the infection pressure, which is reducing bugs or pathogens that the calf might be exposed to, particularly in the first 24 hours. So that's, you know, the clean as clean as possible, the calving pin. Straw solves a lot of problems in that area. Um, attention to detail on maybe the navel, but uh, that like they're, they're the key things uh, in the first 24 hours. When the calf hits the ground as well, you know, if, particularly if there's been a harder pull, get that calf, get the back legs in underneath it, sit it up on its chest. If you're going to get air into both lungs, you know, straw on the nose, cold, cold water in the ear to get that calf going. And it's important to follow the one, two, three of colostrum. Yeah, so one, two, three is great little rule. It's, it's, it's the first milk. So the first milk is number one. Uh, the first milk from the cow is, is, is your colostrum, full of those antibodies. And um, the second thing we talk about when the one, two, three rule is the two, and that's within two hours of life. So the young calf's um, gut is like a sponge. And basically, colostrum is full of protein, fat, and these immunoglobulins, it gets... From, from its mother. That's how it gets its antibodies to fight infections. So the young calf's gut is, is really like a sponge for the first couple of hours, but that ability to absorb those important antibodies and other factors as well, not just antibodies, decreases with every hour. So we want that calf to get up and suckle quickly. And the, the third thing we talk about then is that uh, the number three is the, is the quantity of colostrum. Now, we, we, we talk about that more so in dairy calves with three liters. Typically, your, your suckler cow's quality of colostrum will be will be higher. So it mightn't exactly be three liters, but we do want them to get enough milk in. So that's something we really watch with heifers in particular, and um, that they've bagged up and they have that, that first high quality milk. 
Obviously, Tommy, as you said, we expect that the calf will get up and suck straight away or that they'd get a feed of colostrum from a bottle. But what are the key tips when it comes to stomach tube in a calf? The key thing stomach tube in a calf is, uh, I suppose, uh, stomach tube itself is a super tool, right? Um, but, you know, if we're using stomach tubes in farm, just be very conscious of hygiene, particularly if we're, we have that scoury calf maybe and it's later in the season and we have a calf born and we use the same stomach tube. So I'd just say I'd always have a stomach tube set in the calving area just for, col- for, for colostrum or it's, itself. Um, the, the, thing toward, the thing with stomach tubing and people can get very... Uh, fearful of using it there's a couple of key things is is work with the calf don't 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 just take your time Uh, allow the calf to swallow the tube um bit of lubrication on the top of the tube but there's one really important thing if you get under the neck of the calf and a normal calf you'll feel a windpipe like ourselves it's got these rings on it trachea when you put down the stomach tube and down the neck you'll often see it going down on the left hand side if you're watching that part of the neck but always get a hand on the neck and I call it the two tube rule. If you can feel the windpipe and you can feel your stomach tube separately, you're in the right place and it's good, you're, you're, good to, you're good to go. Make sure um, that if you, if you cannot feel the stomach tube and the windpipe, don't pour. And if the calf is anyway uncomfortable, just stop and take the tube straight out. You highlighted the importance of immunity, Tommy. There's a huge debate among farmers as to which product is best for using for disinfecting navels at birth or is it better to use a spray or dip? What's your opinion on this? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So, you know, I think navel dipping is really important, but it's back to the immunity infection story. You can use all the navel dips in the world, but if we don't get that colostrum into the calf, which gives us a natural ability to fight infections, we're at, we're at a loss straight away. So when we see navel issues, I'd often... I, I, the navel dipping or, or spraying is important, but the colostrum is the key thing. It's that calf's ability to fight infection from inward. So that, that, that tube is a, the navel is a tube and it's connected into the, the liver. That's where the blood supply went. So that tube, uh, you know, is very important. Then the second thing we will look at is disinfecting the navel. Um, what's the best product? I think there's two options there. I would have been a fan of chlorhexidine or uh, a strong iodine solution with alcohol in it. Either of the two of them will work well. They will say dipping the navel is better because <clears throat> it's a tube and you're getting outside the navel and inside the navel. But practically, that can be a hard thing to do on the farm. So if you are using a spray, just soaking that navel uh, is, is an important thing. So we're giving it a good soaking. And if you are getting navel issues, you can look at certainly the products that you're using and the application maybe of how frequently, whether you need to do it a second time. I'd look at the calving pin as well. The calving pin is, is where, uh, you know, infections can be picked up. And as I said, maybe in the last podcast, straw solves a lot of problems there. And then finally, focus on colostrum. It's the one thing, it's the foundation of, of what I call animal health on farms is colostrum. And calf scour is also another issue on a lot of farms. What are the main causes and treatments? Yeah, so the main causes of calf scour uh, typically are bacteria, viruses and parasites. But the, the bacteria we see are E. coli bacterial scours. When I unfortunately see more of them in young calves, um, and typically you see tend to see them in the first week of life. Um, and again, a focus on colostrum there would be would be key. Our viral scours then, rotavirus is a very common one. Uh, coronavirus is actually the coronavirus that causes scouring calves. Um, cows can be vaccinated against them, which can definitely help by boosting up that colostrum immunity 
specifically for those E. coli, rotavirus and coronavirus. And then a big, the big ones are, are cryptosporidium in calves. Typically, we'll see that again with viral scours between week one and week six, maybe, or seven. And then in older calves, we see another parasite called coccidiosis causing a lot of problems. Tommy, you mentioned there about crypto, and it's unfortunately an issue on some suckler farms. What is the best treatment? Yeah, so cryptosporidium is a parasite I've seen grow and grow and grow. It's 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 not just a, we've I've even seen it in flocks and in sheep and dairy herds and beef herds. It's it's a real problem, and um, I, I've gone got to do a good bit of traveling around the world in the last couple of years. And one one of the common problems I see in every country and every farm I went to was cryptosporidium. So it's a really big challenge. So there's there's no real and I've tried lots of different treatments. There's no um, I can't recommend a brilliant treatment for crypto. What I always push people back to is um, back to the basics of understanding why it's happening, really, again, focusing on that immunity piece and really on the infection pressure as well around hygiene. I think when we are getting crypto and we're seeing clinical symptoms of it, um, we need to look at um, how it's working and how it's damaging the gut of the, of, of the calf. This, this small parasite gets into the cells lining the intestine and does a lot of damage. And the, the intestine is this, is this huge, the, it, there's meters of intestine, but on that, on that intestine, there's all these little layers and layers of very important cells that get damaged with cryptosporidium. So we need to, when we see cryptosporidium, the first thing to do is act early with any calf scar when you see it. And the most effective uh, treatments are, are your good oral rehydration therapy, your electrolyte solution, getting in early, keeping the calf on the cow, because as much as, you know, we might think that the milk would keep them scouring, particularly with cryptosporidium, they get very weak very fast. And um, I think the cow, calf should stay on the cow, get in early with your electrolytes. I've used various solutions, uh, including I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of probiotics. Um, they, they may help. Um, I never use oral antibiotics on, on cryptosporidium. I, I think uh, if you look, and I have a big interest in gut health, if you look at the gut, when we use oral antibiotics, we can actually do more harm than good because we knock out a lot of the good bugs that are there as well that are very important to help that uh, young calves gut heal and get over uh, a lot of these scour agents. And how much electrolytes should the calf be fed or how often? Yeah, so a calf will lose with cryptosporidium or any of these scours, they can lose six or eight litres of fluid a day um, when they're quite severe. So we really need to replace that. So we, that's why we try and keep the calf on the cow to keep the milk and that nutrition going in. Uh, then as a gold, as a standard with electrolytes, what we'd say is at least two, two litre feeds a day um, with a good electrolyte that will do some of the key things it needs to do. So like we, the reason we use these electrolyte solutions is Water on its own won't be absorbed. So we put sodium is very important in it. It helps that uh, water get absorbed across the gut. Glucose is very important from an energy perspective. And a lot of these calves, one of, they don't often die from the scour agent. They die from the secondary things like acidosis. So something to reverse, reverse that acidosis would be important as well. So um, it's worth spending a bit of time and effort into looking at using a good electrolyte that will reverse the challenges the calf faces, get in early with two two-litre feeds and, and keep them going and keep the calf on the cow. You mentioned coccidiosis is also an issue on farms. What can farmers do to prevent it? Yeah, so coccidiosis is, seems to be another one. Unfortunately, there can be a bit of a challenge. So coccidiosis tends to affect calves later on because uh, coccidiosis, and a bit like cryptosporidium, it, 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 
it will last a long time in the environment. So we can often, between seasons, have issues with, um, with these parasites uh, each calving. So it's probably a time probably we want to have it done before this, but, you know, a good clean out of calf, calf calving facilities uh, before calving, disinfecting them thoroughly to make sure we kill any of these oocysts in the environment. Then, you know, when we see coccidiosis, it's one of these, like all parasites, infection pressure builds over time. You know, these calves ingest this parasite and produce billions. And we get to a stage then where we see clinical symptoms. So I suppose with coccidiosis, it's when are you getting it? A lot of, a lot of farmers will get it when calves are out of grass. Um, and then really timing some preventative dosing is probably um, in short, probably the best thing we can do at the moment. But it, it, it requires a bit of thinking around where, where the infect, when the infection is occurring, what you can do to reduce it and the timing of preventative doses helps. Um, that would be my sort of uh, top advice in coccidiosis. And respiratory infections and diseases are also one of the main causes of deaths in unweaned calves. Can you talk me through what are the main causes or treatment options? Yeah, so with, with respiratory disease, uh, again, and we're all unfortunately learning about respiratory diseases at the moment, um, there's uh, bacteria and viruses are the main ones. And the thing about the bacterial uh, agents that cause uh, a lot of the problems in our calves, they're actually naturally there anyway. Uh, a lot of these bugs are in the tonsils. And what happens is um, it's often viruses that will cause uh this inflammation in that area and you get secondary bacterial infections and that's when the calves get very, very sick. So some of the common ones that we would see would be manhemia bacteria, mycoplasma, unfortunately, and then the viruses would be RSV and PO3, particularly newer calves. And um, when it comes to treatments, I think it's um, one of the things I would say, again, when you're looking at treatments, it's early intervention with anything, whether it's calf scar or pneumonia, getting in quickly, spotting that sick calf early the thermometer is a very valuable tool um, and and working with your vet in around uh, maybe antibiotic choice but particularly again i mentioned in the last podcast about anti-inflammatories for the cow i think anti-inflammatories play a huge role but i suppose i've been preaching for many years now that okay we'll get pneumonia cases but always think about if you're getting disease why is it happening how can i prevent it prevention is the key thing exactly prevention is very important and clostridial diseases are also major on a lot of farms and they can cause a number of conditions and one of the most important conditions we would see on farms is black plague and unfortunately in many cases it's too late when it's detected can you offer some advice on clostridial diseases yeah there's a number of clostridial diseases there are these anaerobic bacteria black plague is probably one of the ones that comes to mind with, with a lot of farmers and again uh, when these spores get into an office it's your better calves into the muscle tissue you can get you know you don't have much time with with, with clostridial disease I suppose there's a number of them, there's there's 10 or 12 of them. We can think about four, three or four of them are common. I, 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 when it comes to clostridial disease, I think because we have quite good clostridial vaccines, I think as a standard vaccine, um, I would encourage any farmer to use uh, clostridial vaccines on their calves um, because uh, from a cost perspective, the two shots of the vaccine versus the loss of your calf because a lot of times it's not a we very rarely get a chance to treat or save any of these calves with any of the clostridial diseases for the sake of uh, two shots of a reasonably priced vaccine i think that would be my main tip on that one Catherine. i think the important thing is that it's a two-shot vaccine that you have to follow up with the vaccine is important to me it, it's really important that's a really important point um again like we're learning about vaccination at, at a global scale 
But vaccines are expensive medicines. They must be used correctly. We mentioned with pneumonia there, vaccines can play a massive role in, uh, in helping prevent pneumonia, particularly the use of intranasal vaccines in calves. But again, intranasal vaccines, they're live vaccines. They tend to be very, you know, they're, you know, we have to store them correctly and use them correctly. You know, if we're spending money on vaccines, don't be afraid to ask silly questions. If you think that, you know, I often uh, say there's no stupid questions. Get somebody to show you, uh, maybe even storing the vaccine, how to administer an intranasal vaccine correctly. And if it's a dead vaccine, that often means we have to give two shots of the vaccine. Make sure you give the second one because it's the second vaccine that really stimulates that immune response. Finally, Tommy, you've covered an awful lot of information in a short period of time. What are the key things that farmers need to make sure that their calves are healthy this spring? Yeah, the first thing I would say is if we're uh, out from calving now to just have as much preparation done as possible, um, have our calving pins in particular uh, ready for, for calves. Straw is a, a very a good vet and friend of mine that I got to work with here for many years said to me as a young vet, he said, Tommy, straw solves a lot of problems. Don't be afraid to use your straw inside in your pens. Focus on that hygiene piece Um, just Colostrum, 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 getting colostrum into those calves, those weaker calves that are born or struggling, you know, don't be afraid to get colostrum, stomach tube them with colostrum, it's, it's, it's a key thing. Um, really, you know, it, what problems are you seeing on farm? If you've seen pneumonia last year and you haven't been vaccinating, have that conversation around the potential for pneumonia vaccination. Um, again, if it scours, focusing on keeping things as clean as possible, getting that calf open, getting that colostrum into them. Um, and if we are seeing uh, issues with calf health, get in quickly with effective treatments. Don't wait. And obviously health and safety is key at this time of year if a calf needs to be treated to be taken away from the cow. Yeah, well, if you just be careful, because look, it's happened to me and I've seen it, you know, we all we, we all take a chance and it could be a time of late at night when your, you know, senses mightn't be at, at full pelt. Don't take chances, you know, don't take risks. You know, it's, you, you, it's a cow, a calving time. Uh, there's hormones, there's that pain, they're just in an unusual environment. We can never, ever um, take a chance. And, you know, you, you don't get a second chance. And unfortunately, uh, you know, I've seen it too often where people get injured and, and it can be far worse. So that would be my main bit of advice. Um, everything else can be replaced, but you, you, you know, you can't be. So just take care and be safe. Some really great advice and tips, Tommy. Thanks very much for joining me on the show. Patrick, it's an absolute pleasure and keep up the great work. Thank you very much. Some really interesting insights from Tommy there and make sure if you missed last week's podcast to tune in when he covered calving the supper cow. In the meantime, thanks for listening and thanks to Tommy for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.